the 2017 Pixar animation, the heartwarming story Coco tells a tale that unfolds in a non-specific Mexican town on the evening of El Dia de los Muertos or the Day of the Dead. This is a yearly event where the living honor their departed loved ones. Coco is the first ever motion picture with a nine-figure budget to feature an all Latino cast. It cost around 175 to 200 million. There was one exception, and this is a good bit of trivia for you. Remember this if you're ever in a, a trivia night. The exception was John Ratzenberger, who is, you may know him or think of him as a bit of a muse, or maybe he's a lucky charm for Pixar, but he's been a voice in every single Pixar film. Abominable! <laughs> Can you believe that? Do I look abominable to you? Hey, why can't they call me the adorable snowman or, or the agreeable snowman for crying out loud? I'm a nice guy. Snowcone? Director Lee Unkrich stated that it was a real struggle to find a role in the film for John because John is not Latino and they really wanted to uh, have that full Latino cast. But he also didn't want to break with Pixar's tradition. So Ratzenberger was given a minor role with one word. Gracias. Which makes it Ratzenberger's shortest ever Pixar role. Young Miguel dreams of becoming an accomplished musician like his idol Ernesto de la Cruz. The problem is that pursuing this dream would have to come at the cost of rebelling against his family's generations-old ban on music, which he initially does in secret where he practices in an attic above his home. Miguel believes that if he can just prove his musicianship, he'll bring his family around and then he'll be off on a path to becoming a renowned musician. This urgency leads him to becoming or doing something dishonest and then becoming trapped in the land of the dead. It is this land is a glorious, prismatic, vibrant place which spins in a different direction to the evolved idea that we have of a bright white heaven versus fire and brimstone hell. Miguel meets up and teams up with the mischievous yet amiable and warm-hearted Hector. Yes, it is I, Frida Kahlo. Well, shoot. Looks like no one put up your photo, Frida. Okay, when I said I was Frida, I'm just gonna zip right over. You won't even know I'm gone. Oh. From there, the film becomes a bit of a buddy film. And while the goal is to return Miguel to the land of the living, it becomes just as much an adventure story about a journey to unlock the secrets behind his genealogy. Now, there are many themes that could be unpacked and discussed. The main theme is probably best described by one of the actors. Uh, the character Mama Imelda was, her voice was provided by Alana Ubak. I hope I'm saying that right. And she says that the film is giving respect to one quality that all Latin families across the universe do have in common. And that is giving respect and prioritizing the importance of family. End quote. But a sub-theme that I want to draw out from the film and talk about in greater depth is the power of forgiveness. The film has been out a while, but not so long that I expect everyone has seen it. So... I want to avoid spoilers. Suffice to say that forgiveness is crucial to resolution. If forgiveness was personified, it would be the ultimate hero of this film, I think. Forgiveness is not something that can be forced upon us. It is a voluntary action, and it is an action. It does require active effort. Forgiveness can be a journey that is taxing, wearing, and painful. It requires a lot more energy than flicking the off switch to an emotion. 
it is releasing someone from bondage that person in bondage being you forgiveness can be accepted by the person who committed the wrong but really that person may not ever have asked for it wanted it or even considered that they needed it often the person who can most benefit is the one who carries the burden of unforgiveness and all of the associated feelings resentment hate envy bitterness I like a good revenge film as much as the next person, but in reality, the peace that an eye for an eye brings is more of a fantasy than a truth. Reading from cbc.ca, uh, where they tell stories of ultimate stories of forgiveness. Quote, when Kim Pook was just nine years old, she experienced emotional and physical trauma as a result of the war in Vietnam. In 1972, the U.S. military dropped four bombs surrounding Kim's village. In an interview with NPR, Kim recounts her experience. She says, I saw an airplane getting lower and then four bombs falling down. I saw fire everywhere around me. Then I saw the fire over my body, especially on my left arm. My clothes had been burned off by fire. This attack killed her family. And while she survived, her severe burns led to 17 operations. Kim says at one point she wanted to take her own life. The anger inside me was like a hatred as high as a mountain. I hated my life. I hated all people who were normal because I was not normal. I really wanted to die many times. But it was the power of forgiveness that allowed her to be set free. She says, forgiveness made me free from hatred. I still have many scars on my body and severe pain most days, but my heart is cleansed. Now today, Kim is an inspirational speaker traveling the world to share her story of love, peace, and forgiveness. She has also formed the foundation, the Kim Foundation International, to help other child victims of war. End quote. To forgive takes more strength than revenge. It takes a lot of hard work, especially mentally and emotionally. Mahatma Gandhi said, forgiveness is the attribute of the strong. Perhaps it's not hatred or thirst for revenge that holds back our willingness to forgive. Perhaps we're justifiably concerned that forgiveness releases a perpetrator from their need to compensate for their actions or releases them from responsibility. It doesn't. As Pastor T.D. Jakes said, I think the first step is to understand that forgiveness does not exonerate the perpetrator. Forgiveness liberates the victim. It is a gift you give yourself. End quote. The perpetrator still has their own path to follow to find release and peace, but if they choose to accept your forgiveness, it can help motivate them to becoming a better person and avoiding making the same mistakes that led to the conflict that caused so much pain for you, the victim. If they choose not to accept it or never considered needing it in the first place, that still remains their issue, but you are now released. You are released from being tangled up in the past. Pablo Neruda said, let us forgive with generosity those who cannot love us. End quote. With that said, it is rarely an action that heals only one person. In the case of two of the Coco characters, Deuteragonus, if you like, the forgiveness was a reciprocal action that needed to occur in order to heal generations of hurt. In the case of the Coco story, forgiveness brought about a restoration. Here are 11 steps, some of which I'm paraphrasing from a blog post by Wayne Dyer to lead you to forgiveness. Uh, his blog post, Even When Forgiveness Feels Impossible, can be found with 15 steps if you wish to read more at waynedyer.com. Step 1. Move on to the next act. Your past history and all of your hurts are no longer here in your physical reality. Don't allow them to be here in your mind, muddying your present moments. 
Your life is like a play with several acts. Some of the characters who enter have short roles to play, others much larger. Some are villains, some are good guys, but all of them are necessary, otherwise they wouldn't be in the play. Embrace them all and move on to the next act." End quote. Imagine this. Imagine keeping every villainous, deceptive, hurtful, backstabbing, wrongdoing person and act in your daily diary entries with updates on where they are in your life. How overwhelming is that? Step two, don't go to sleep angry. Wayne Dyer says, every night as I drift off to sleep, I adamantly refuse to use this precious time to review anything that I do not want to be reinforced in the hours of being immersed in my subconscious mind. I choose to impress upon my subconscious mind my conception of myself as the divine creator in alignment with the one mind. I reiterate my I am's, which I placed in my imagination. And I remember that my slumber will be dominated by my last waking concept of myself. I am peaceful. I am content. I am love. I attract only to myself those who are in alignment with my highest ideals of myself. End quote. Step three, switch the focus from blaming others to understanding yourself. See, most great philosophers have promoted this idea and this understanding, this or rather idea of understanding ourselves is a powerful tool. Wayne Dyer says, tell yourself that you are willing to freely experience your emotions without calling them wrong or needing to chase them away. In this way, you've made a shift to self-mastery. It's important to bypass blame and even to bypass your desire to understand the other person. Instead, focus on understanding yourself. By taking responsibility for how you choose to respond to anything or anyone, you are aligning yourself with the beautiful dance of life. By changing the way you choose to perceive the power that others have over you, you will see a bright new world of unlimited potential for yourself and you will know instantly how to forgive and let go of anything. End quote. Step four, learn to let go and be like water. It's old Kung Fu philosophy. If uh, anyone is a Kung Fu movie fan like myself, you may recognize this philosophy. Wayne Dyer says, rather than attempting to dominate with your forcefulness, be like water. Flow everywhere there's an opening. Soften your hard edges by being more tolerant of contrary options. Interfere less and substitute listening for directing and telling. When someone offers you their viewpoint, try responding with, I've never considered that before. Thank you. I'll give it some thought. When you keep, or rather when you give up interfering and opt instead to stream like water, gently, softly and unobtrusively, you become forgiveness itself. End quote. So in other words, we don't, always have to promote ourselves as tough hard and staunch that is ironically a weakness while allowing ourselves moments to be like water soft flowing able to enter in through and around relational cracks is strength would you call water weak no it can wear down even the toughest of rocks step five take responsibility for your part Wayne Dyer says, removing blame means never assigning responsibility to anyone else for what you're experiencing. It means that you're willing to say, I may not understand why I feel this way, why I have this illness, why I've been victimized or why I had this accident, but I'm willing to say without any guilt or resentment that I own it, I live with and I am responsible for having it in my life. If you take responsibility for having the experience, then at least you have a chance to also take responsibility for removing it or learning from it. I wanted to forget you. I wanted Coco to forget you too, but... This is my fault, not yours. I'm sorry, Imelda. 
Step six, let go of resentment. What causes annoyance and anger after a dispute? The generic response would be a laundry list detailing why other uh, or why the other person was wrong and how illogically and unreasonably they behaved, concluding with something like, I have a right to be upset when my daughter, mother-in-law, ex-husband, boss, or whomever you're thinking of speaks to me in that way, end quote. If you're interested in living a more peaceful life where you are able to forgive, it is imperative that we take this way of thinking and flip it. As Lao Tzu says, someone must risk returning injury with kindness or hostility will never turn to goodwill, end quote. Remember there is a time for peace. During the hardest high heat moments of hostility, remind yourself of that. There is a time for peace. Now let's work to get there. Step seven, Wayne Dyer says, be kind instead of right. There is a Chinese proverb, if you're going to pursue revenge, you better dig two graves, which is saying your resentments will destroy you. The world is just the way it is. The people who are behaving badly in the world are doing what they're supposed to be doing. You can process it in any way that you choose. If you're filled with anger about all these problems, you are one more person who contributes to the pollution of anger. Instead, remember that you have no need to make others wrong or to retaliate when you've been wronged. Imagine if someone says something to you that you find offensive and rather than opting for resentment, you learn to depersonalize what you've just heard and respond with kindness. You are willing to freely send the higher, faster energies of love, peace, joy, forgiveness and kindness as your response to whatever comes your way. You do this for yourself. You would rather be kind than right. End quote. Step eight. Stop looking for occasions to be offended. If we decide to, we can spend all all of our time and energy on being offended and agitated by the offense indefinitely. The person that didn't indicate the slightly overcooked meal, the dude with 14 items instead of 12 and the 12 items or less line. Yesterday I was at the lights waiting for the green when I zoned out and didn't see the change immediately. The horn behind me from the car behind me was sat on a little aggressively. My first thought was to turn to indignancy, but I took a quick breath. I remembered my stoic lessons and I gave a friendlier reply. Toot toot and then an apologetic wave. Then I carried on. As chance would have it, we both ended up in the same place and the person that was behind me, he apologized for the overly aggressive horn. Now imagine if I had followed through with my first thought. It would have been fire for fire. Who knows where it would have left? Who knows where it would have ended up? Road rage? Step 9. Don't live in the past, be present. Wayne Dyer says when we find it difficult to forgive, often it is because we are not living in the present and instead we assign more importance to the past. We assign a good portion of our energy and attention lamenting the good old days that are gone forever as a reason why we can't be happy and fulfilled today. Everything has changed. No one respects anything else like they used to. This is assigning responsibility to the past for why you can't be happy today it is doubtful that other creatures waste the present moment and thoughts of past and future like we do a beaver only does beaver and he does it right in the moment doesn't spend his days ruminating over the fact that his beaver siblings received more attention or his father beaver ran off with a younger beaver when he was growing up he's always in the now practice living in the moment by appreciating the beauty around you now end quote step 10 embrace your dark times the dark times will and have happened you can't make them disappear, right? Don't pretend they aren't there. Embrace them. 
give them a great big anaconda squeeze and draw out the positive energies that can be pulled from the experience. What was learned? What experience was gained that can give you better insight and consequently better preparation for next time those demons face you? Step 11. This final step is my own one. Allow yourself time to heal and recover. It is in the recovery that we grow stronger. Don't wait forever though for every pain to be gone. In fitness we talk about the supercompensation curve, which is basically the idea that it is not in training when we are exhausting our systems and breaking muscle that we get stronger. In fact, it's the opposite. We get weaker during the session. But it is during the right recovery that your body adapts and grows stronger in preparation for the next session. Epictetus said, forgive others for their misdeeds over and over again. This gesture fosters inner ease. He then said, forgive ourselves over and over again, then try to do better next time, end quote. You see, grabbing tightly and refusing to let go of angry, negative feelings never makes our life or the lives around us better. Seneca said, anger always outlasts hurt. End quote. In summary, forgiveness is a medicine. It is a balm. It can heal the deepest of wounds. Thank you for listening. My name is Nate Hammond. This has been Tonic Pop. Catch you next time. Don't let it make you cry. For even if I'm far away, I hold you in my heart. I sing a secret song to you each night. Yeah.